Hey, very good morning, church family. How are you all? Welcome to our last online-only service for 2021. Well, that's what I'm claiming, and that's what my fingers are declaring, um, that we will not be like this again. We'll certainly be online, but we certainly won't be just online only, because next week we are planning on coming back together as a family as best we can. More about that soon. Um, thank you for dropping by. I see some already. Uh, I see already some people. Good morning, Debbie Layton, all the way from the UK. We've got Leanne Tanner's watching. Anya's watching. Victor, the faithful little Victor, is watching also. Caleb Nichols. Gee, that's good. It's good that he's watching, isn't it? He uh, he should be. He, you know, he kind of runs this organisation in one way. No, he doesn't. God does, but he's the number one man that kind of gets that going for us. So, look, thanks for dropping by. Say hello, comment in the uh, in the space provided. Um, and uh, also, why don't you let us know, like last Friday, we were released. We are released from restrictions of lockdown and, uh, and all that stuff. What did you get up to? What was the first thing that when you were allowed to go more than five kilometres and not have a curfew, what was the one thing that you got up to um, when the restrictions were lifted. Now, while you're writing that down, let me tell you that when last Friday hit, everyone got free except for me, or probably others as well, really, but I went into isolation. How joyful. I'm telling you, lockdown was painful enough. Going into isolation for seven days was absolutely excruciating and uh, not pleasant, and I don't recommend it for anyone uh, if you can get away with it. But uh, So my first day of freedom was Thursday, and uh, I really didn't do anything. I came to work, <laughs> which was uh, something different from just staying at home, but um, yeah, that's what I did. So let me know what you did. You went to Kyton. Who was that? Irene Ray went to Kyneton uh, to see her great-grandchildren. How beautiful is that? Uh, good morning, Craig McKay. Sally Johnson sat in a cafe and had a coffee. It was so lovely. Thanks for tuning in, Sal. Uh, how nice is that? Just to get to cafes. Uh, we're planning to get out and about uh, very, very soon. Um, in, indeed. So, Look, I just want to keep welcoming and saying hello to, to all of our family, but what I want to do is just also specifically say a couple of hellos to a few people that have been watching, but we are yet to actually connect with or see in person. That would be Brittany. Hello, Brittany. Uh, I think you're watching. Please uh, identify yourself if you are. Brittany Simone is another one. G'day, Simone. I just see. Went to Bunnings and bought plants. Very nicely done, young lady. Uh, g'day, Simone. We, we, we hope to see you in the new future, uh, as with Brittany and Erin. Erin uh, may be a bit difficult. She works on Sunday, but she's been tuning in regularly and uh, has been a big fan of what we're doing here. And uh, But we're yet to meet you in person, so we really look forward to that. Anyone else that's out there that we haven't met, uh, we've got a really special um, day next Sunday planned uh, as we come back together and I uh, really hope that that will be a possibility for, for most of us to get together. Now, we've got to uh, navigate some really tricky um, government regulations and, and decisions we've made, but instead of me banging on about that, let's flick to a video. If our sound people and video people and all that kind of stuff are ready to go, um, because Caleb's really put a, a great little video together last 
uh, during the week from our newsletter. So if you haven't seen this or the newsletter, then uh, it's, it's there. But let's, let's hear from Caleb. Hey, Southern Lights. Another update for you quickly on what in-person church will look like as we all come back uh, on November 7. It's very, very exciting. So first and foremost, everyone is welcome on November 7. We're going to run two different events. So the first one is going to be prayer and worship outside at 9am, which we're really excited for. Everyone is welcome. We have a strategy in place uh, to work with the different caps uh, for the unvaccinated, but everyone can come outside. We really need to pray. We need the refreshing wind of the Holy Spirit to breathe life into us again, to pick us up, to get us focused on the future. So I'm really looking forward to praying with you on a Sunday morning. The second event will be inside at 10 a.m. It'll be worship and a sermon and we'll have a full uh, kids program at that time as well. Obviously our online church experience is going to be as good as ever. We'll be shooting it from the church and uh, that will be available for you to watch live on a Sunday morning or later on during the week or maybe listen uh, to the podcast. We'll give you more specific details next week on what that Sunday will look like. Just to clarify quickly, Zoe and I quickly gave you some uh, thoughts last week on the government directives. Obviously, they're very challenging to work around. Uh, nobody is happy about them. We're all frustrated about them, but we want to work with them, but also work, work around them for the best of everyone. So just to clarify the numbers, if we have one person come inside the church building on Sunday, November 7th, who's not vaccinated, it means we can only have 30 people as a cap. So that means that most people wouldn't be able to come to church. So that's why we're doing the outside thing, which everyone can come along to vaxxed, unvaccinated, hesitant, not sure, anxious, whatever. You can come, pray and worship. Inside will be for 150 vaccinated. That's the government uh, directive, fully vaccinated, two jabs. Um, but for, for those that are a bit unsure about coming, a bit unsure about leaving the house, a bit unsure about your kids, uh, inside we're going to follow the COVID protocols. Things are going to be deep clean. Things are going to be all safe for you, uh, for your children, so you can be very uh, confident of that. Obviously, the other option is you can have 10 people in your home. So I know a lot of life groups have started meeting in person again, and people have also gathered together in homes to watch Sunday online, have some prayer together, have some food together, which I think is fantastic. I just want to really encourage you um, during this time with a word of wisdom uh, as I finish off. We all are feeling discouraged at the moment. We all would love church life, everything to go back to 2019, but it's not going to be like that. We're coming to the end of 2021 and looking towards a new year. I know it's frustrating. I'm frustrated by COVID. I'm frustrated by the government. We're all frustrated and fatigued from being in lockdown. But I just want to encourage you that God is going to move amongst us. The future is bright. God is unchanging. The message of the gospel is more powerful than ever. I reached out last week uh, to Pastor Joshua Park, our Korean friend up in Sydney, Sydney and spent some time with him. And he just really encouraged me and encouraged our church to change our perspective. And that's why I want to pray at 9am on a Sunday morning, because I want our perspective to be changed by God. He said, Caleb, just pray and a wind of the spirit will come and we'll blow away the cobwebs. We'll blow away all the baggage of COVID. We'll blow away all the arguments of vaccinated and not vaccinated, the frustration of lockdowns, the anxieties, the financial concerns, the people that have lost their jobs. You need a move of the spirit. 
Spirit. And I believe that that is going to come in the next few weeks before Christmas as we push into God. As we said last week, I just want to take one little verse out of that uh, 1 Corinthians passage, passage that I shared. It's verse 26, 1 Corinthians 12. Now you are the body of Christ. You are the body of Christ. Each one of you is a part of it. That is the truth of God's word. Don't fall. My word of wisdom for you is don't fall into gossip, argument, criticizing a church, our church, the church down the road, anything during this time. We are the body of Christ. We are the people of God. Let Christ shine through you during the crisis. Don't give in to your old nature. Don't give in to your unredeemed humanness. Let Christ shine through you in this difficult time. Reject gossip. Reject criticism. Reject hurt, pain. Work through your anxieties. Deal with your issues. Reach out to a pastor if you want some time together if you want some help. Let's move forward with what God is doing in this time. There's great hope for the future. There's great work to be done for the kingdom of God. There's a great move of the Holy Spirit that's going to come and refresh us and going to come and move during this time. We'll give you a little bit more detail next week about the updates of coming back to church. But for now, we'll be online this Sunday and I'm going to share a bit of a sermon with you that's going to continue to encourage us to hear the voice of God and understand his word, no matter what the circumstances and no matter what the times we're living through. Bless you. We love you very much and see you soon. Fantastic. We love you too, Kay. And uh, we'll be hearing from him very, very soon. Um, great words of wisdom. And, and we're just trying to track through as accurately as we can. And uh, stay tuned for what comes up this week as we get greater clarity on what we can and can't do and what we've decided to, to, uh, uh, to make available for everyone. So, that is great. Um, Chloe, g'day Chloe, fantastic. Thank you for tuning in. Simone, I see your hand wave, welcome. I really look forward to seeing you uh, in person, hopefully next week, we'll see how that goes. Kathy Casey went to see her granddaughter. Uh, how nice is that, hey, seeing the family again. So beautiful. And uh, of course, Mark, uh, Andrew Mark Ewan Kavanagh, uh, he went for a 47,000 kilometre uh, walk, as he does, but without a mask for the first time in a long time outdoors. So, uh, well done. Keep those comments coming. And uh, hello, Kyle Van Bockel from the Metaphorical Front Row. Really lovely to see you as well. Now, I'm going to introduce... Um, uh, a, for those who don't know, a, a special guest, as we try to do each Sunday. Ladies and gentlemen, uh, that maybe not know, and everyone that does know, this is Del. Come on over, Del. Now, now let, me, <laughs> <laughs> let me introduce Del. She is a superstar in our church family. This is from my perspective, but many, many people hold this view as well. A great mother figure, you are. Your great mum, uh, a brilliant life and personal coach uh, who specialises in relationship restoration and healing. Personally, I love working with you, Del. Thank I you. reckon we have a great little rapport, we do. don't we? We, we do, do. We get yeah. up to mis mischief together, yeah. <laughs> but we do it well. And, uh, and I love working in the relational space and the training space with Del. And I'm going to ask her a few questions uh, before we jump into... Um, that, let me just do a quick background. Oh, ha, ha. Sorry. Come over. Yes. We, we don't want to see half of you. We want to see all of you. Is that right? We I'm do. A quick background check, okay? So we've been looking at how and why God speaks to us uh, in and out of a crisis. First week, we heard about uh, God being a speaking community that we call the Holy Trinity. Then Caleb switched to human revelation and how we are to handle uh, the Word of God when it comes to us. Next 
uh, came the sermon on demolishing fear and how faith helps us face fear, etc., because it, it, it's there in all of us, but faith speaks as well. And then last week we uh, heard around the Bible's re- reality, or not reality, uh, reliability, I should say. And if you've missed any of those sermons, please see the newsletter for links among crazy other great information like new babies. Congratulations, Joe and Jason Moore on Chloe, Amy, Abigail Moore. And I am really, really keen for a cuddle. Now, I've got three questions for you, Del. First one is, what is one takeaway you have uh, you've had from this current series uh, on God's Word that Kyla's been sharing over the past four weeks. Take it away. Well, that's it's really hard to just do one, but um, I really took um, Pastor Caleb's, um, I guess, encouragement last week to um, not just read a verse or mm-hmm. a chapter and just how much we can... Uh, make things or a scripture work for our advantage and um, you know sometimes we can manipulate it so that we can kind of get our own way or Mm. uh, uh, think oh well God's said that so that's works for me so I I liked that and um, so I really took the challenge on and read the book of Mark my Um, goodness yeah did you finish I did. 16 chapters. Can we I have did. a round of applause? Now, I'm going to jump in here. <laughs> oh, no. Don't ask me questions All now. Right. Now, now yeah. I'm going to, no, it's amazing. Like, I've got to 10 chapters. Now, I have not been as diligent and as disciplined as this one, <laughs> but I got to 10 chapters, and I'm not yet finished, but it's it's big and bold and brass, isn't it? And it's, it's really, although it's we call it Mark's gospel, but it's really Peter's account. Yeah, yeah. Because, you know... John Mark wasn't even there yeah. uh, with, with the disciples, but really we see Paul, Peter's account mm. of what happened. And, and the great thing I loved about what Caleb shared last week was, um, you, you know, if, if I was writing it and I was dictating to Mark, I would leave out the embarrassing bits, mm. the annoying bits, mm. the bits that I stuffed up quite often, which I do, mm. Foot in mouth disease, I think that comes with the name Peter, mm. but I would have left all I'm out, but he doesn't. He puts them in. The reliability and authenticity is yeah, brilliant, yeah. but it's a great it's a great challenge. My challenge is to finish, if you have started, the book of Mark is to finish off. Number oh, two. Definitely. I think um, just to go into the um, the parables, is mm. I love the mystery of the parables and just going over that again has been really fantastic. Good. Really good. A lot and, of action, um, isn't there? Absolutely. A lot of miracles, a lot yeah. of healings, a lot of crazy yeah. stuff going on, right? But, but also that, that, that when it says, consider carefully what you hear, he continued, mm. with the measure you use it yeah. will be measured to you. Yeah. And even more, whoever has Great. will be given more. Whoever does not have, even that will be taken from them. And I just took that as a real challenge to really take the full measure of the gospel mm. and the vastness of what that carries. Yeah. Because if we minimise it, then that's how we're going to see life and that's the measure totally. that it's going to be given. So I, I really like that. Yeah, yeah really sorry. good. And, and it's like, be careful how you listen. Yes. Is that what I said? I love that, right? Yeah. Be careful how you listen. It's like Jesus comes to, or God comes to Adam in the beginning. Who told you? Yeah. Like, who are you listening to? Yeah. You know, who told you you were naked? Like, we can yeah. listen to these other myriad of voices, but be careful to listen to him. But be careful how we listen. Yeah, really good. Exactly. Personally, yeah. what's been happening personally for you uh, in this 
crazy year of 2021. Yeah. Anything exciting coming up or <laughs> of uh, note? <laughs> well, just a little bit. Um, yeah, so our daughter Jasmine and um, Tim are getting married in two Fantastic. weeks. So that's been... Um, Obviously, a very up and down time so in terms crazy. of trying to organise wow. a wedding in this time. Well done. Whether they can have one or not, whether they can have everyone or not. Yeah. Unfortunately, we have to have a little wedding, right. but they're happy to get married. So, yep. so for me, the um, restrictions um, finished just in time. Wow. I was able to see Jasmine yes. in Bendigo and Thank you, Lord. bring home her dress. So that was exciting. Oh, it's so, so good. You know, yeah. only want to get married once, right? Exactly. So this is, uh, this this is, is you know, it. Yeah. yeah. And well done for holding your joy and your peace and the and you know that all the good that you look forward to in a very difficult you know situation if you know Del she's very good like that she'll just hold on to what is joyful what is right what is pure and try and get rid of the rest of the stuff my last question is you just a word of encouragement uh, to our family before I uh, introduce or welcome Caleb up to uh, to get on with the sermon um, I think I've thought about this a lot mm. and I think um, to not um, you know, we can be in a church family and a group of people and, you know, we can have all different views on things. And, you know, I think about in Galatians, neither circumcision nor uncircumcision actually means anything. What counts is new creation. And just that, you know, that we're all here in new creation, not to, um, I guess, um, take um, for granted yep. the body of Christ really and good. what we are together and not allow circumstances to pull that apart, really but good. to really pull us together. So Fantastic. Love it. Uh, give her, uh, Del, uh, a round of applause. Don't go away so quick. Just a round of applause. I think it's unreal and, and really well said. Uh, you know, the, you've got to look for a higher truth. You've got to look for, you know, there's all the stuff at the you know, on the surface, but what's behind it? You know, there's a greater there's a greater purpose to what we're doing and why we're here. So well done. Thank you very much for joining us this morning. I really appreciate that. Thank give her a round of applause from your lounge or wherever you might be. And uh, thank you and get on with your day beautifully. See everyone. Excellent. What a great encouragement as uh, as we lead into today's um, you know, today's sermon. Uh, I'm going to in, invite uh, Caleb to come over and, and share. I'll get rid of my stuff here. You know, thanks for joining us, uh, Kay. Really appreciate that. You know, in 2021, uh, we we generally as a church kind of get on with with you know getting a word or a direction from God, and we really I love the way that our body does that. You know, we we try and hear from God and then put that into practice. You know, the interesting thing is. I'm really keen to hear your message today. In 2021, God said a thorough year. And then, then he went on three times during the year and he said, slow is your friend. Take time. Don't rush the process. Mm. Then the next thing later, after I put that into practice, he says, slow is smooth and smooth is fast. The less bumpy and chunky the process, the smoother the journey will be mm. and the quicker you'll get to the end result. And then the last thing he said is, Pete, I move at five kilometres an hour. <laughs> and I said, what do you mean? He goes, that's the pace you walk. Yeah. As God is as quick as he can be, he comes down to our pace, it's true. you know, and it's brilliant. So in terms of the, uh, the hurry part, <laughs> I'm keen to hear. So uh, let's uh, buckle your seats, ladies and gents, and uh, let's hear from Caleb, our senior minister. Cheers. Thanks, Pastor Pete. Uh, it's great to see you all this morning. Uh, I'm just so excited to be here, mainly because I believe this will be the last online-only service uh, for the rest of our lives. Uh, 
Thank God things are coming to a bit of an end and we really look forward to meeting next week. Uh, we're going to have worship in both the 9am prayer time, uh, worship time, as well as in the service in the building here. Uh, so get ready for that. It's going to be fun to sing and worship together. Uh, was, thank you, Pastor Pete. Great to have you up here. And Dal, who's still sitting right down here, you can't see her, but just always a pleasure to hear uh, her wisdom and what God is doing in her heart. So I'm really excited to share with you quickly this morning because uh, we've gone all different directions with uh, this series on God's Word and I wanted to do that. We wanted to cover a bit of the doctrine of it. We wanted to cover the Bible obviously last week because that's often referred to as God's Word. Uh, and today I really want to talk about hearing God's Word and the fact that we can't hear when we're hurrying. We can't hear when we're moving at a fast pace. It's very, very difficult. But we can hear hear in the silence, we can hear in the slowing, uh, we can hear in the simplicity, and we want to touch on that uh, today. Do you know in the 1960s, futurists of the 1960s believed that by our time that we're living in right now, that life would be so slow that we would be working fewer hours, that we'd maybe be only working 20 hours a week. There's actually a in the USA, there was actually a Senate subcommittee meeting in 1967 where this was talked about. And they said by 1985, so what are we in now, 2021, but by 1985, the average American would only work 22 hours a week. 22 hours a week. You know why? Because computers, robots, automation, technology, all of these things would give us such big gains that we just wouldn't need to work as much anymore. We'd kind of work in the morning and then play golf in the afternoon, work in the morning and then take the family out for a lazy lunch and, and, and afternoon at the beach. Because of the movement of technology, this was the prediction. Funny, isn't it? It hasn't really worked out that way. Technology, innovation, all of the breakthroughs in science that we've had have actually resulted in more work, more rushing, more hurrying, more busyness, more than ever before, even though we have phenomenal efficiency in our communication, we all carry around computers in our pockets, uh, we have incredible uh, calendars that are linked to our spouses and our bosses and everything so we can communicate, but in fact it has not in any way decreased our stress our hurry, the intensity and the busyness of life. What's the first thing that people usually say when you say, how are you? How was your week? How are you going today? I'm busy. I've been busy. I'm going to be busy this week. It's funny, you know, that 1960s, the futurists predicting that we'd live this slow, casual, leisurely life and work 20 hours a week, didn't realise the human nature to have more, to want more, to buy more. Consumerism is one of the biggest reasons that we hurry so much. Rather than use that extra 20 hours a week we were going to gain through technology that futurists thought we'd spend time with our family, play golf and have leisurely afternoons in the park, we actually realised, hey, we could work more, make more money and buy more stuff. And consumerism has been a big reason why we're all so hurried. We need the next thing, the next holiday, the next dollar is on hand to be made, the next pair of shoes to buy. Our cost of living has gone up, our quality of life has gone up, we have more money, we spend more money, we need to work more despite all of the technology. Do you know the, on average, an iPhone user will touch their phone 2,617 times a day. The average iPhone user will touch their phone 2,617 times a day where we are distracted, we are addicted, we are 
pretty obsessed with our phones and our computers and our social media accounts. Careerism has become a huge problem. Workaholism, people working hard to make that extra dollar to buy that extra stuff. It's difficult when money's right in front of you and all you have to do is work a little bit harder and you could have that money and therefore you could have more. Interestingly, careerism, workaholism is so normalized in our society that no one really sees it as a problem or a bad thing. Actually, we praise the people that work hard, that sleep four hours, that get up at 5am, that make successes of their life because they don't sleep much, they don't have much family time, they don't do much leisure. They fit their exercise into 17-minute workouts online while they're taking phone calls with someone on the other side of the world. We actually praise people who hurry and turn it into a success. I think we all realise in this hurried, rushing lifestyle that we live that social media has, is not a good thing. And more and more and more, the, 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 the um, efficacy of social media, let alone the ethics of social media, is really, really being questioned. Why? Because social media exploits a, a, a vulnerability in the human being, a need for that dopamine hit, the need to be liked, the need to keep up with the Joneses, so to speak, to watch what other people are doing and buying and going and compete with them, the need for approval, the fear of missing out, all these kinds of things. Social media is, has become something that we've all been drawn into and it's difficult to fight away from it. But I think we're going to find there's going to be more and more uh, of a radical pushback on social media, deleting of social media accounts and so to speak, and those kind of things. It was funny, last year when we had the big lockdown here in Victoria, lots of people said how great it was because it forced a slowing of life. And one of the great things to come out of it that constantly was said by mums and dads and grandmas and grandpas was the fact that life slowed down. I got to have more time with the kids or at least talk to the kids on the phone if, if you're in lockdown. But that slowing of life, that slowing uh, it created more family time, created more richness uh, in the home as we were forced to stop. But even family can be a problem that causes us to hurry, causes us to rush. Has anyone had a two-year-old lately? Like, it's kind of busy trying to, trying to deal with a two-year-old. What if you got like a, well, I've got a four-year-old and a nine-month-old, and just those two, let alone the other two, make life busy. The nappies, the feeding, the changing, the schedules, the getting up in the middle of the night. It's already fast-paced with children, let alone social media and consumerism and careerism and all these other things that I've got to do to keep up. You know, we're missing, and we're in danger of missing, being in the moment, stopping, actually watching our children grow up right before us. You know, so many times I take my iPhone in to go and give um, Nova, my nine-month-old, a bottle to feed her milk. And a couple of months ago, I began to realize, why am I reading news articles on my phone while I'm feeding my baby a bottle? And I've stopped. I don't take my phone in anymore. And I just sit there and I feed her and I look into her eyes. I watch her sleep. I watch her look back at me if it's in the morning and I just savour that half an hour rather than using that half an hour to do an email or read an article or consume some kind of content. Present, being present in the moment. Most importantly, and you know where I'm going with this because I'm a pastor and my job is most importantly to keep you on track in your relationship with Jesus. The hurriness, the rushing, the restlessness, the neediness, the going after things all the time, the worst thing that it does is it kills our spiritual life. Hurrying leaves us harried, harried 
I know it's a bit of a weird word, it's kind of something you'd read in the famous five or something like that, but harried means we come under this attrition, this beating up, this battering happens because we hurry, we become harried, we become disheveled, we become stressed, anxious, sweating, worrying, constantly ruminating in our minds. Is it well with your soul? Is it well with our soul? <laughs> Are our hearts okay? And most importantly, is your spiritual life working? Do you have depth in your relationship with Jesus? Or do you skim read the Bible? How hard was it to read Mark this week? It's pretty difficult in a busy lifestyle. We don't have time to take deep dives into the Bible. That's why, as Dale said this morning, we read one scripture and then bend it to make it fit with what we want for that week because we don't have time to read the passage. We don't have space to study the Bible. We're losing our spiritual skills, or what older Christians might call spiritual disciplines. Because fasting, solitude, deep Bible study, Deep counselling sessions, sitting with a friend for two hours and working through the issues of our heart, they don't fit well with a rushing lifestyle, with the next email to check, with the next social media thing to post, with the next dollar to earn, with the next thing in our schedule. Hurry and rushing are a tyrant. It seems to be the favourite word in Victoria at the moment, so I'm going to use it today. Hurrying and rushing are a tyrant that steals our spiritual depth steals from our relationship with Jesus, takes away from the things that are most important to us. You know, ironically, Jesus came into a busy world and he said, come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Hurry equals restlessness. Jesus gives you rest. He went on and he said, take my yoke upon you, and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. Who feels like your soul needs to rest? You know, the Greek word for soul is psyche. Psyche, so where we get psychology from, our inner psyche. So it's all the inside stuff, essentially. When I say soul, I'm not using um, some kind of uh, new agey type word, I mean the inner being. Jesus said the soul, your psyche needs to rest. Your soul is your inside stuff, your mind, your heart, your emotions, your thoughts, your dreams, your desires, all of that and how it works together. That's your mental health, how it all works together. So often I meet people and their souls are over here and their body is over there. Their body is moving at a hurried, rushing pace and their souls are left behind. What tends to happen is the body hits a wall at some point because the soul is incongruent to where the body is at. Our body goes through the motions every week. Our body drags ourselves out of bed again. Our body goes to work again. But where's our soul? Is it well with our souls? Jesus said, following him, being a disciple of him, laying down your life for him, things like picking up your cross every day, things like following God and no other thing, things like the way of Jesus among the ways of this world. Jesus said that will be easy. That burden, although it is a burden, that burden of following Jesus will be light. You know, Zoe and I, as we're coming out of this lockdown, are really concerned for our family. We don't want to just be picked back up in the torrent 
of life again and be rushing down again with our children and our calendars and our things to do. And so we've really been deeply considering putting in a, a literal Sabbath day every week for us and our family, literally a day every week where we have no computer, no screens, no rushing, no running errands, no grocery shopping, no doing the washes, no daddy going outside to mow the lawns, but just 24 hour period uh, where we have some margin in our life, <laughs> have some space at the edges, teach our kids to pray, teach our, teach our kids to journal, take two hours to eat lunch together as a family, discuss our concerns, our thoughts, our values, our goals, where we're going with our life, to spend a day worshipping God by resting, worshipping God by loving each other as a family. And we actually tried it. We did a little bit of a pilot just yesterday, and uh, it was amazing. And Zoe started to tear up a little bit as we just spoke about Sabbath and slowing down. I felt so rested during the day. I didn't touch my phone. I didn't go anywhere. I wasn't thinking about today and the next day. I was just with my children, present, enjoying them, enjoying God, reading the Bible together, eating together. And this is something we're really going to consider to really push back against the tyranny of hurry and against the oppression of rushing. You know, Jesus regularly withdrew to quiet places. And we all know this, we all know this, but I want to say this today in the context of our hurried 21st century life. In Matthew 4, it says that Jesus, led by the Spirit, went into the desert and he was tempted by the devil. You know, the Holy Spirit wants to lead us into deserted places, silent places, quiet places. Sometimes we think of the Holy Spirit as leading us into fights or leading us into some kind of breakthrough or leading us into some kind of intensity. And, and that's true at times. You know, look at Acts chapter 2. It's pretty full on when he fell there. But often the Holy Spirit leads us into places to strengthen us, to build us, to make us strong. The Apostle Paul spent 14 years in the deserts of Arabia before he comes onto the scene uh, in Jerusalem and becomes the phenomenal prophet that he was. He spent 14 years in silence, solitude, rest, relationship with God. You know, it's Jesus in the desert that he gets tempted by the devil. It's when he's at his strongest point, when he spent 40 days and 40 nights in the presence of God without any distraction, away from all the crowds. At that point of spiritual strength, the devil comes to test him and of course he's not successful. It says in Mark 1.35 that very early in the morning while it was still dark, dark, Jesus got up. He left the house and he went off to a solitary place where he prayed. A solitary place is a quiet place. Solitude means no one else, means silence, means alone. Mark 6.45, Jesus made his disciples get into the boat and go on ahead of him to Bethsaida while he dismissed the crowd. The crowd, the busyness. Jesus, my son. Jesus, my daughter. Jesus, come to my house. You know, Jesus wasn't low on a social life. Jesus wasn't bored, needing something to do. Jesus had a lot going on. It wasn't that he lived in first century Palestine and people didn't do much back in those times. Jesus had constant requests to go out for dinner, constant needs to heal, constant uh, kings and rulers and overseers who wanted to meet with him. He had people to teach every day. He had 12 disciples to look after. Jesus was full-time in ministry. He wasn't a carpenter anymore when he was in his ministry. He had some wealthy women that supported his ministry because it was a 24-7 type ministry to preach the kingdom of God and to train up his disciples. But amongst all of that busyness and hurry and work to be done, Jesus constantly drew away. Verse 47 of Mark 6 says, after leaving them, so he's dismissed the crowds, he went up 
onto a mountainside and he began to pray. And later that night, he was alone on the land, all by himself, just him and God, refreshing his soul, getting out all these frustrations, hearing the voice of God, knowing God, cultivating spiritual depth on the inside. I want to share with you this morning three essentials to hearing God's word. We're in the fifth week now talking about the word of God. So how does God speak? Why does God speak? How do we know that God speaks? How does God speak to us? How does the Bible speak? This morning, I want to talk to you about you in your quiet space, alone with God, drawing away from the crowds and the hurriedness, creating spiritual depth. What are three essentials that you need to be able to hear clearly? The first one is silence. Silence provides the space to hear. You can't hear when there's a lot of noise. And I'm not only talking about literal noise of kids and bosses and work and notifications going off on your phone. If you still have notifications dinging at you on your phone, you are getting dragged into the torrent of modern life. I turned notifications off of my phone about seven years ago. That is, these are the kinds of things you've got to be brutal about if you want to be a deep person, if you want to have a healthy spiritual life, if you want to be connected to people and the important things of life. Silence provides space to hear. You can't hear among the distractions. Hurry is noise. God's voice is silent and soft. Silence requires... Finding space, finding solitude. I'm going to throw a lot of S's at you this morning, so I'm sorry about that. At least I don't have a lisp and can can pronounce it okay. Silence requires space. Silence requires solitude, being alone, no interruptions. When I'm lucky enough, I get up in the morning and uh, I get a little bit of this. Sometimes my time of solitude has a nine-month-old baby on my lap, but she doesn't mind it if we're outside because the trees are moving and there's things happening, and so she'll give me 20 minutes on my lap. And at the moment for me, it's not how it's always been. I'm sure it'll be very different for you, but at the moment, I've got to get out of the house because the house can be a bit crazy. A coffee helps me get in the right frame of mind, and I've been reading through the Psalms over the last um, six months. I often have my journal there to write what God is saying to me or to note in the Psalms what God is speaking. And I found myself a lot lately breathing properly, (laughs) just taking in deep breaths of the Holy Ghost and blowing out a lot of hot air, a lot of breaths of anxiety and stress and people's complaints and COVID and issues and challenges and people leaving the church and people wanting this and that and family challenges and work challenges and financial concerns. I just got to blow out all that stuff, breathe it all out and breathe in the presence of God. You might be in a different space. It might be a worshipful space, a singing space. It might be a praying in tongues kind of time in your life. It might be a prophetic speaking out time in your life. Whatever, that's fine. But wherever you're at in your walk with God, you'll never hear his voice unless you've got silence. Some people like to get to the beach. Some people like to get to a park. Some people like to get out in nature. I would highly recommend that because often those are places of silence where there's space to actually hear the voice of God. It's very unlikely you'll hear the voice of God in the first three minutes you sit down and spend some time with him. It takes time to let the humanness go, let the concern go. But in the silence, it can dribble away. 
in the silence, it can wash away. And as you're walking in that park, as you're down at the beach, as you're sitting outside like me having a coffee, maybe with a baby on your lap, eventually the voice of God will start to pierce the noise of your thinking, the noise of your life, the noise of the day and what's coming up, the rushing and the concerns. All of that will go away and the noise will dissipate and God's voice will come through. Probably just a sentence or two, but that is the thing that will transform your heart. Give rest to your soul. Make sure that you're taking on the burden of Jesus and no other burden. Secondly, if you want to hear God's voice, the second essential is simplicity. Simplicity protects hearing from clutter and complexity. We spoke about this a lot at the start of the year when we talked about Jesus in the Simple Jesus series. Clutter is inevitable. So don't worry about whether clutter's coming or not. It's going to come at you. Have you ever cleared out a cupboard at home? It's inevitable it's going to get cluttered again. Have you ever uh, tried to organise the room of a three or a four-year-old? It's inevitable. It's going to get covered in toys again. It's going to get covered in food splattered on the walls and all kinds of things. Have you ever tried to clean up sin in your life? It's inevitable. It tends to come back and create confusion and clutter and you've got to keep growing, you've got to keep moving, you've got to keep cleaning out your heart, you've got to keep repenting, you've got to keep forgiving. We live in a sinful, fallen world and with that comes complexity, confusion and clutter. There's some C's for you rather than some S's. Clutter is toxic relationships. Clutter is your schedule. Clutter is your mind thinking over issues, going over scenarios about how someone hurt you or about how you want to confront someone at work and ruminating over these kind of things. Clutter may be the literal clutter in your house, in your room, dirt on your floors. I like to have my grass mowed and clean because it just makes it not cluttery and that gives rest into my soul. You might have clutter in your emotions and things that are just not right in your heart. All of these things will stop you hearing the voice of God clearly. And number three, the third essential is slowing. I've got to say that slowly, slowing. I want to encourage you to slow down. Slowing prioritizes hearing above rushing. Get your priorities in order. If you slow down, you will have to consider your priorities, your values, what's really important to you. You know, rushing is a disease. It always ends badly. You may tell yourself, it's my career. It's good to go for things. Seize the day. It's a disease. It's going to end badly. (laughs) You know, your calendar will reveal to you what your priorities are. Just a little tip here while we're on this. If you want to know what your priorities are, look at your calendar. What's in there for God? What's in there for your church family and your Christian community? What is in your calendar for your time with God? Where's your family? Your calendar will tell you your priorities. And maybe not your literal calendar, but if you just reflect on what you do with your time, that will tell you what you truly value. This Sabbath idea that Zoe and I have been considering and throwing around is about slowing not only one day down, but that one day means that our whole week will begin to slow down. It'll put things into perspective, give us priorities of family, having breakfast together, pancakes together, studying the Bible together as a family, maybe even napping in the afternoon if we can work it out. 
Slowing means you've got to get rid of your phone at times. You've got to put errands aside at times. You might not be able to let your kids play as many computer games or watch as much junk on TV. <laughs> let go of the nagging. Set aside the appointments, the physio appointments, the doctor's appointments. Sabbath means you've got to create at least one day a week when nothing is allowed to come in and you give it to God, you give it to rest, you give it to worship. As we finish today, I've been talking over the weeks about some misbeliefs, some common misconceptions about the Word of God. And today, what I want to touch on is this misconception, this misbelief, this misunderstanding that you can know God's Word and still have everything else. That you can hear God's voice and still pursue everything else in your life. I'm sorry to tell you, but you're not going to climb to the top of every industry and be successful. You will not have every pair of Air Jordan shoes. There's not enough money in the world to buy them all. You won't watch every highlight of your favorite sports team. You won't read every social media post. You won't know what every podcaster and preacher and prophet is saying on the internet across the world. You won't read all the great books in your lifetime. It's never gonna happen. You, won't, you can't have everything and pursue everything and consume everything and want everything and desire everything and aim at everything and expect to hear the voice of God clearly. Jesus says in Matthew 16, 26, what good is it for someone to gain the whole world, to have everything, yet to forfeit their soul, forfeit their rest, forfeit their psyche, forfeit their heart and their relationship and their spiritual depth before God? Or what can anyone give in exchange for their soul? Nothing. That's the myth. That's the misbelief that you can get this stuff and still have a heart connected to God and still full of the Holy Ghost. In Matthew 13, 13, Jesus says, Though seeing, they do not see. Though hearing, they do not hear or understand. As a pastor, it's amazing how much you preach and people don't really hear the word of God. I'm not wanting people to hear me because I never preach my opinion per se, although of course I'm always biased, everyone's always biased, but I try my best to teach you what is in the word of God and what God is saying. I don't want to be a person that's seeing but not seeing. I don't want to have a congregation. I don't want us to be a church that's hearing but we don't really hear. And what I'm encouraging you to Untether today is the fact that you can hurry and rush and have stuff and go for that holiday and go for that promotion and have all of these things and expect to have the life-changing word of God flowing through your life powerfully. The two do not go together very well. It's fascinating in this rushing, consumeristic, difficult world that we live in that's been made probably worse and more difficult through the last couple of years of COVID. I've been a Christian all my life. I've been in churches all my life. I've been a pastor for 15 years. Next year will be my 10th year as a senior pastor. And the misinterpretation of Scripture is fascinating. And I think a lot of that is because people skim read the Bible. <laughs> they rush. The misunderstanding of the prophetic or of preaching or of pastoring, there's a few Ps for you, is amazing as well. Why do we have the prophetic? Why do we have preaching? Why do we have pastors? Often people misunderstand because they're rushing through life. You know, sadly, people miss the purpose and the why behind the bride, behind the church, behind the people of God. As we rush through life now, there's so many armchair theologians, armchair cultural commentators, armchair experts on everything under the sun. 
Rushing means we lose our humility. We lose our patience. We lose our ability to to delay gratification. We think we know. Pride tells us that we know. Well, I heard someone say this, and my boss said that, and I watched something on YouTube. Pride comes in, and we think we know God's word. God's word comes through silence. God's word comes through depth. God's word comes with slowing down. I'm talking about clarity here. I'm not saying you've never heard God's word. Of course not. I'm not saying you don't hear God's word. Of course not. I'm saying I believe that you, and like me, want to hear God's word better, clearer, deeper. I want to hear God's word in the way that it was intended. And I want you to hear God's word in the way that it was intended. That intention is that when he speaks, we are transformed. God doesn't speak to tickle our ears. That's why Jesus said they're always hearing, but they never hear. That's why Jesus said, if you have an ear to hear, hear what I'm saying. Why? Because you can hear God, but it can just tickle your ears and not transform your heart. You can come to church and hear a sermon. You can be sitting here right now going, this is some great stuff, Pastor Kay, I love it. But it can be just entertainment for you on a Sunday morning where God's intention is that it's transforming power. There's nothing like the voice of God to speak into your heart, to speak into your mind, to speak into your marriage, to speak into a situation and bring change and transformation. But you've got to hear what he's saying. You've got to have the right ears to understand. And my encouragement for you is, is to use the essentials of silence, simplicity and slowing. So here's the application for this week. Here's the challenge. It's great to hear Dale and Pete share about reading Mark this week. Choose one element. It's really simple. Choose one element of hurry and brutally eliminate it this week. What's one element in your life where you rush, where you're hurried, where you're pushing, where you're shoving? Take it and eliminate it this week. Brutally eliminate. Why do I say brutally? Because it's inevitable that it's going to come back. It's going to eat away at you. It's going to be difficult. It's really hard to detox from social media, just like it's really hard to detox from coffee or sugar. It's hard to get off the hurry and the rushing and the intensity. Let's pray together as we finish this morning. We're going to put this scripture up on the screen for you, Matthew 11, 28 to 30. And uh, I just want you to say this after me this morning, because this is the truth that Jesus said that can deliver us from this modern rushing life that is so shallow. If you're sitting on your couch, just repeat, with, repeat after me this morning. I, might not, I know this might sound a bit weird and maybe your husband or your kids are sitting next to you, but I think it's just so critical because this is the key scripture. This is the truth of God's word that can transform us. Come to me, all who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Just repeat it after me. Take my yoke upon you, And learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. Jesus, we just open our hearts to you this morning. I'm sure many people are sitting there, just like Zoe and I have been the last couple of weeks going, It's true, we do need to slow some things down, but man, how do I do it? This is the impossible request, Lord God, the impossible challenge, Lord God, to step outside of our culture, our modern life, the rushing, the busyness is almost impossible. 
But with you, Jesus, all things are possible. We thank you that the Holy Spirit is not only powerful and can be intense and can do amazing, strong, seemingly quick things in our life. The Holy Spirit is also a counsellor, an advocate, someone that draws alongside of us. And we need you, Holy Ghost. We open up our hearts. We need you. Show us how to brutally eliminate the hurry, the obstacles, the rushing, the striving, the straining, the careerism, the busyness, these things that kill our depth, kill our soul, take away from our spiritual life and ultimately hinder us from hearing your word, Lord God. Your word is true. Your word can transform our lives. Your word can give us the answer for our problems. And we want to have ears to hear, Lord God. I just pray this week, Lord God, that people would step out in faith to brutally eliminate some of the hurry, to create space, to create silence, to create solitude, to slow down so that your word can come through into their lives like never before in your mighty name. Amen. Pass back over to Pastor Pete. It's been great being with you this morning. Love you all and look forward to seeing many of you next week. Brilliant. Uh, what a great word. There's many uh, Do you want me to stay here. Why not? Yeah, look, there's been, you know, again and again, the comments that are coming through. Such a timely word. Such a, it, it, it's, but it's like the, the challenge really is not just hearing, but now the application. Mm. It's the discipline. It's the protecting of the space. Mm. Um, That's the hard bit. You know, really we've got, we got, you got seven days. <laughs> you got seven days, you know. So just pick one of the days, one of the seven, to bring the discipline Bring and protect it really is what you're saying. You've got to protect your space. Uh, therefore, we will flourish because of that, you know, that intimacy with God, the, the realigning of our thoughts, our hearts, our emotions, and therefore our purpose. That's where the clarity comes. And that's what I hear you saying uh, yeah. really, really well. So, well, it uh, makes sense, like, mm. just in even the, the natural. It's very hard to oh. hear when someone's calling and there's background noise. Yeah, or, yeah. You know, there's a lot of noise and your kids are trying to yell at you and exactly. it's, it's difficult. It's yeah. the same with God. His mm. voice uh, doesn't come and kick down our door very often, mm. although sometimes that happens. Yep. It tends to be soft, it tends to be there. It's not really his problem talking. He's definitely talking to us, yep. but just the noise. Do we recognise? And I think we've really been yeah. sucked into this modern shallow life mm. and what it kills is um, spiritual depth and yeah. connection with Jesus. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, it's a, it's a great challenge. Uh, Zoe, uh, as you've uh, commented there, you know, it was just an amazing day yesterday. And, uh, and you know, and, and look, she goes on, Lauren uh, Oliver uh, comments on Zoe's, you know, and said that uh, that's why I didn't have dinner with you, you know, because, again, that protection of space. And, fr- fr- you know, you can justify friends, family, all that kind of stuff as we come out of lockdown. But number one priority must be, you know, God himself. And, uh, and that sometimes does cut across family and friends. And, yeah. you know, it's, it's well, the really thing important. That as we looked into the Sabbath concept, the thing that we realised mm. is that a Sabbath isn't a day off. Mm. Yeah, yeah, good So you point. have work. You yep. have a day off, you hang out with friends, you yep. do stuff, yep. you do some errands. But this is different. Sabbath is different. Yeah. It's actually about worship. Mm. So it's got to have a spiritual element or else it's just human Love effort. It. And then it's got to have um, rest. Love it. God yeah. rested on the seventh day. It's there yeah. in chapter one of the Bible. Well, man's first, <laughs> man's first day on the planet was he entered into the, the day of rest. Great point. You know, I mean, God worked and then man's first 
first day on planet Earth was was around this rest, around this communion with God. It's it's a pattern, isn't it? Really, that we need to. Yeah, again, we just have to protect it and 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 implement it, which was which is excellent. One other comment was uh, Joe Davy. Just a shout out to you, Joe. You know, great point. You know, as the as the restrictions come out, the business will will fill it. It, will. it is our job. To it's actually inevitable. guard it, yeah, it, it's going to it's, it's going to be come there. like a flood at you. Yeah, and the thing is, we now know. We've heard this. We hear that this is a, a word from God for us. It's now what we do with it that's important. And uh, and Joe, I really hope that you do find some space and you don't go back into chaos and clutter, uh, like all of us. Really, I'm, I'm, it's not just you. It's just well, I all of us. I want to encourage you, like, and I know you're all smart enough to probably get this, but. It's going to come. Mm. It's inevitable. Mm. It's already coming at us. You mm. know, the schedules and the plans and the next holiday and coming out of lockdown. But mm. you will not be able to avoid it if you don't actually have a godly plan. Yeah. Yeah. It's not just, you can't just think in your head, I'm going to try and be a bit slower. You're going to have to put something in, in place that, that, that is led by the Holy Ghost. So yeah. it really comes from heaven. Yeah. You know, a, a heaven. Really so for good. Zoe and I, it was a heavenly kind of moment of like, yeah. man, God's saying to us, have a Sabbath. Mm. It wasn't just really a good, good. idea. Mm. And so encouraging you, reach out this week to God, yeah. get something for yourself, because it'll be different for everyone. It's very different for me with four kids as mm. it's going to be to some 22-year-old who, who, you know, who thinks they're strong enough to run through brick walls and the world doesn't affect them. But I encourage you, it's going to be, there's something for you at 22, there's something for you at 62, yeah. Yeah. there's something for me at turning 39 in yeah. about a week. I'm not quite 62, but I, I'm... 62 is uh, that yeah. person over no, there. No, that's not, it, not one over person. there. <laughs> yeah, you know, I woke up this morning and I, and I was just having my quiet time with God and, and this fear of missing out. Mm. You know, it's really important, isn't it, because we fear of missing out, but we're not actually missing out. You know, it, it's again what we prioritise. So, look, we'll, we'll uh, leave it at that. Uh, jo- Jazzy's on uh, Kids Church. If you're not already jumped onto that, please jump onto that. And uh, do not forget, uh, next week, uh, all, you know, all, uh, you know, things equal, we'll try and meet here. Look, stay tuned to to any updates through the week uh, so we can meet back together. But we really look forward to seeing people in in chairs uh, next week. So God bless. We love you. We are really looking forward to, uh, we're working our butt off behind the scenes to, to be accurate and uh, plan a great day coming back together. So until then. Love you all. Love you. Bye. Bye.